The Cavo Control Center is the first truly universal TV remote control for your entire home theater. Connect up to four devices and centralize all your content in one place so you can easily find what you want when you want. It's simple to set up and shipping is free. Shop now at Cavo.com and use promo code NFL for 20% off. That is C-A-A-V-O.com. C-A-A-V-O.com. Promo code NFL for 20% off. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special Thanksgiving edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? DH, I'm doing excellent, man. How are you doing? I am I am fantastic. I uh, had a flight today. I'm back home in New York for the holidays yeah. or holiday, whatever. Uh, I'm happy. Craig, you're there too, right? How are you doing, Craig? I'm back in the studio. I'm sitting here alone. Um, it's all right, though. You know, I'm thankful for Shocking. fantasy football. <laughs> it is a, it's a lonely endeavor. Uh, all right, real quick. What oh. are... Other than turkey, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food, DK? Oh, man, that's tough. I think, I, I mean, is mashed potatoes just, like, the most insanely boring, like, answer that I could come up with? I mean, yes, but, like, is there a special <laughs> kind of mashed potatoes? It's like the Matt general? Asiata of choices. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the here's it's the, the deal Carlos Hyde of Thanksgiving options. I'll let you in on a little Kelly family secret. We don't eat traditional thanksgiving food it's like wait, 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 what? a thing what for us eat? we just change every year whatever people are feeling like so for instance this year we're making pizza <laughs> wait we're, we're each making our own individual pizzas that's i respect it i respect okay well, when did this start has this always been a thing i actually uh, interesting. it's been going on for a few years now probably like oh, i'll probably like 10 years um what are you gonna put on no your pizza in, so my sister is a vegetarian my dad doesn't like turkey I don't really give a crap. I just go with, with the flow. So we just kind of like last year we made steaks. Year before that, I think we had like lasagna or something like that. Lasagna. We just we just go with it. I'm trying not to judge you because I'm trying to be more open minded. This actually sounds really fun. I have many friends that get mad at me about this, but I don't even care. It's good. Craig, how do you feel about pizza on Thanksgiving? I'm against it morally. <laughs> it's a red blooded American right there. All right, DK. Uh, moving on. Uh, did we, Craig, did we use up all our time? Can we get Batman music or did I just use it on turkey and pizza? Oh, Batman music is long gone. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just jump into the Dark Knights. DK, who was your first guy? Uh, going with Jameis Winston of the Buccaneers going up against the 49ers this week who, as we know, are not a very good pass defense. The Whatever you whatever you want to call the, the Buccaneers offense this year, it's been obviously really prolific. Also bad. I mean, I think it's really bad at times too. <laughs> um, but, but just... For a fantasy war in the fantasy world, there's so much uh, just volume in that passing offense that I think if you've been rolling with Fitzmagic, which I have been for a couple in a couple of leagues, uh, now's the time to go back to the Winston train because he's going to be the starter this week. They announced that on Monday, and yeah, going forward, you know, obviously he's a bit of a train wreck at times and throws a lot of picks, but gets so many yards and uh, red zone opportunities that he could be a viable starter in fantasy going forward. Well, this was so strange because it was like the inverse of when he got benched and Fitzpatrick led this comeback and then Fitzpatrick hit the meltdown and Winston led. The, it was it was such a strange, like exact opposite role play that it was just like I, I thought I had a handle on this. I also thought that they weren't going to play Winston anymore because, yeah, you know how like they had to keep Bortles because he had the wrist surgery 
And then that guaranteed his fifth year option. So they had to give him the $19 million. And I actually thought that the injury risk of Winston and the risk of them having to pay him in the future and keep him on the roster longer meant they wouldn't play him anymore. And then right. uh, that's not what happened. Now, so. yeah, he came in, he came into the game, I think, at half, after half, after, after the half, went 12 of 16, 199 yards, two touchdowns, one int. And he had, he let. do you call interceptions ints? I love that. I don't know why. It's, it's I don't even, I, it's like, I never say that, except for when I'm reading off of our you doc. Say it in your head. Yeah. Um, he led, but he led the Buccaneers on four straight touchdown drives in the second half. Uh, so. Obviously, he he he's they're riding the hot hand. The, the Buccaneers' offense—I mean, it's just stupid at this point. But who knows what they're going to do next year? Right now, all I know is Winston is starting this week. And if you have, say, Patrick Mahomes or uh, Jared Goff going into next week, Chiefs and Rams both have buys, and you need a quarterback. He is an option. And the requisite reminder that there's this weird thing where Fitzpatrick has the better chemistry with Chris Godwin and probably Deshaun Jackson. And Jameis is the much better chemistry with like Cameron Brait, so keep that in mind if you have other bucks. <laughs> kind of like, it's like yeah, we're window dressing. Um, my next guy, you might have heard of this one, um, Lamar Jackson. If you've heard of him, uh, yeah, I obviously. Have, so he, I, I made my thoughts very clear last week. Uh, I will quickly reiterate them. I think Flacco is terrible. I think Flacco is done. Um, that's mean. He's not terrible. But I think Lamar's the future. And basically, my hypothesis for this season is I think that John Harbaugh making it clear that Lamar Jackson has a future with this offense and make it clear that he can build an environment for Lamar Jackson to be successful is actually more important than making the playoffs and losing with Joe Flacco in the first round. Um, I don't think that even a first round play. And they're probably not going to make the playoffs at this point. So I actually think Lamar's going to keep the job the rest of the year. So I think he's obviously worth the roster spot. I also think he's worth playing this week because the Raiders are garbage and they have no pass rush, as John Gruden says over and over again. So I, I think that obviously got the rushing volume last week that could literally get cut in half. And he's basically like a running back that might get a rushing and two passing touchdowns. So I think Lamar is a great play this week. And then we'll see going forward. But I think this week is fantastic, especially again, if you have Mahomes or Goff. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. Like, the the rushing upside is what makes him such an interesting player in fantasy just because, I mean, he was hit or miss as a passer in in his in his premiere. Uh, 13 of 1,950 yards. He had a pretty ugly interception. Danny, you wrote about it. Like, what did you think of him as a passer? So, I thought what was interesting about him as a passer was that the Ravens didn't seem to trust him. I thought that was pretty right. clear. I mean, Vincent Verhev, uh like, Another last name I cannot pronounce, but a football outsiders made the point that, I mean, 27 carries, which is what Lamar did. I mean, not all those were designed, but he rushed the ball 27 times, which is the seventh most anyone's done in the league this season. It's like Chris Carson, <laughs> James Conner, wow. Leonard Fournette, Gurley, McCaffrey, Saquon, Lamar Jackson. Those are the people who've gotten the most carries in a game this year. So even forgetting he's a quarterback, if you're like, oh, wow, he might get 20 carries in a game. That's worth playing. Uh, he also right. is throwing the football. I thought it was interesting that they weren't really. I mean, the first drive was 11 carries. Uh, no, I mean, between him and Alex Collins. And yeah, 11 straight passes. runs. Yeah. I thought that coming off the bye, actually, they would install some different stuff. But I, I it's interesting because he opened up the running game. There's some interesting stats about how when Joe Flacco's under... Basically, if you remove all the plays Lamar's played this year and you just look at when Flacco was the quarterback, the Ravens go from like the 31st um, yards per attempt running game to like by far the last, like under three yards a carry. <laughs> uh, so, and then obviously in this one, they ran the ball at like 50 times or something and they were doing it at like a almost five yard to carry a clip. So they're just brought their volume up way more. So he's completely opened up the run game and not in like a theoretical way, but he's really keeping defenders honest. So he really, 
fundamentally yeah. changes the entire Ravens offense. So I think it's interesting, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a long winded way of saying, I think they're going to keep running with him. I, I think it, it, it makes the Ravens. They, they, they've gone to me from one of the most boring teams in the NFL to watch to one of the most exciting. And I don't, obviously that doesn't necessarily translate to fantasy football, but in this case it does, because I mean, if you look at that offense, they've got, They've got Greg Roman as I guess he's like the assistant head coach and tight ends coach. He I know he's he's a big factor in, in terms of what they do up front and blocking. Roman comes from uh, the 49ers and they had the call Cap during the Kaepernick era where they were designing a lot of and and um and Alex Smith back then when they were designing a lot of quarterback runs, quarterback power, quarterback draw, uh, read option, all that stuff. Yeah, I think and they've it's experienced really fun. With this, and it's it's not a surprise either. You know, I have to think. I think Andy Benoit at Sports Illustrated was the first person to point out. It's not like they haven't spent the all like the whole offseason kind of thinking about this in the back yeah. of their mind, like what this offense and, and what this moment would look like. I kind of can't think that they went into their bye like unprepared and like, you know, it's like Apollo 11. Like, what are they what are we going to do with this? Um, but the one <laughs> flip side I want to say in terms of the other Ravens periphery players, um, Joe Flacco was on pace. For, he was throwing the most balls per game in the league. He was at almost 43 passes a game. Mm. Uh, Lamar through 19 I think that's going to continue so you're basically going from the weird to think about the most prolific passer he was throwing more balls than Andrew Luck more than anyone and Lamar might throw right at the bottom with like whoever's playing for the Bills so that's really bad you know if you have yeah. you know, Michael Crabtree anyone so that's really it's John Brown who was already in a slump so that's and tough. Willie but I like Sneed Lamar's yeah. and yeah, Willie Will, Sneed R.I.P. Willie Sneed yeah gosh darn it I, I've been using him in some leagues and I don't know. He's just kind of that automatic eight points or eight to ten points. Yeah, I, I, I think I would not play any of those guys as long as Lamar's playing. Not because they can't pr- do anything, but because we volume. don't know how many times he's going to throw. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the next guy, I think we talked about this guy last week, Josh Adams, the Eagles. Um, we've been hyping him up a little bit. He looked good against the Saints. Got seven uh, carries, fifty-three yards, and a touchdown. Added three catches on uh, for nineteen yards. Going up against that Saints defense. Um, was always going to be a really, really tough matchup. So the the pure volume numbers don't really stand out. But Adams just looked clearly like the best running back in that group. He led the running back group in snaps, 55%, rushes with seven, and then he was second on the team, actually, with six targets. So his usage in the passing game was kind of a surprise. Um, going forward, it seems like he's kind of separated himself from that from you know the rest of that group. He runs with power. He's elusive. He's physical. Kind of a different style than everybody on that team. Going up against the Giants. Going up against the Giants this week, they've given up the 10th most fantasy points per game to running backs. Um, I think he is a guy to just kind of... You could plug him into your flex spot at this point and feel pretty comfortable about it just because I think he has definitely sort of emerged at at the top of that group. Yeah, and I think he's tough. I mean, firstly, he's tall. I mean, for a running back, he's 6'2", 225, which... uh, it's on the taller end of the spectrum for running backs. Yeah. They certainly certainly taller than Smallwood and Clement. A quick tangent, just to say that I thought the Saints game was a good like encapsulation of why, like they have a quote unquote the Saints have a good run defense, but in reality it's no. They just pile on points and then everyone has to abandon the run against them. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I thought that was a good example of game script. But again, the, the flip side of that is I I don't think that the Eagles can do anything um this week with the Giants. I mean, I the Giants. I mean, they traded away Damon Harrison, who's one of the best run stoppers they had a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to do anything. I think this is very much profiles as an Adams game. So if he did as well last week, even without the touchdown, I think that he could literally, if he did seven for 53 this week, I wouldn't be surprised if he did 14 for, you know, 106 or whatever. And then we'll see if he gets a touchdown. 
And he and he, he got more targets than I thought he would get to. So that was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your next guy? Oh, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, so this is weird. I actually, despite the lo- the Bears seeming bad last week, I really actually liked what the Bears did um, <laughs> on Sunday Night Football. Like, I, I know they kind of got suffocated at some point, but the Vikings defense is great. And I think it's kind of hard, easy to forget that they're like our great real life defense because they get shredded by the Bills and haven't been awesome. But I actually really like them against the Lions this week. Um, they're at the Lions. Uh, this is the Thanksgiving stuff. So he's looked fantastic. I'm actually so impressed with Taylor Gabriel as much. Yeah. Like forgetting fantasy even for a second, just real life. I, every, I told you this every week. I'm like, oh, yeah, Allen Robinson. And it's Taylor Gabriel. And now I'm finally starting to realize, oh, no, Taylor Gabriel's just excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I'm really impressed with him. He's another guy that I really just kind of pegged in my mind. It's like a deep threat. And like, no, he can do a lot of things. And they're using him. We talked to the Bears are kind of like Kansas City light or maybe like Kansas City extra light. But he, they do. They have him do like this, like poor man's Tyreek Hill kind of impression. They have him in the backfield. They do all this kind of weird stuff with him. It, 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 it's fun to watch. And I think he's I think it'll, you'll see him on Thanksgiving. So, yeah, yeah he's a really good play. I was looking up some of his numbers because I think he, both he and Anthony Miller have emerged in that passing offense. And I think both have worked their way into fantasy relevance. Um, but I've been surprised with how much action Gabriel is getting. Last week, obviously on Sunday, he had nine targets, team high, seven catches, 52 yards. He played 55 yeah. out of 74 snaps, which is 74%. That was third on the team behind Robinson and Miller. Um, and actually, this is the reason he kind of piqued my interest. I was just looking at Josh Herms Meyer's great uh, Air Yards website, and he ranks 10th. I'm talking about Gabriel here. Ranks 10th among all receivers in Air Yards the last three weeks. Um, Clearly, Trubisky's got some accuracy issues down the field, but I still I, those you know those air yards are going to translate to production. I think going forward, um, he's getting the targets. He's actually second in target share on the team in the last three weeks. So uh, I just think he's a guy to grab now if you're looking for uh, you know if you if you've had injuries or if you just don't have that great of talent at your receiver position or flex, you could have him plug him in. The Bears' offense seems to be going in the right direction. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he blows up in the next few weeks. I will admit I was wrong on Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller for parts of the season. I will give you credit for someone you were very right on, and you've been beating this drum for a long time, which is Traquan <laughs> Smith. So there, take your victory lap. <laughs> I was a little early on Smith, just the old hype train. Got to go on a little bit too early, but last week he broke out big time. Uh, 13 targets, 10 catches, 157 yards, one touchdown. Um it, Going up against the Falcons this week, I think it offers another nice uh, matchup for the for the Saints and for uh, Drew Brees and Trayvon Smith. A big reason that Smith went off is because um, the Eagles apparently were just double teaming and playing man on uh, on Michael Thomas a lot, so that kind of like left Smith the next guy up. He he definitely stepped up, which is great, but we'll see how that goes. I think he's still a little bit of a boomer bust play at this point. Um, as you, as we know, the, the Saints offense really spreads things around, whether it's like Taysom Hill or this Keith Kirkwood guy who I'd never heard of before <laughs> before yesterday. Um, I don't know exactly how much volume he's going to get, but I do think he is a big play threat in that offense. And so he's a guy to roster at the very least. If you need if you need to start a guy, I don't necessarily feel real sad about starting him. I think he is a talented player who's on, you know, his arrow is pointing up at this point, um, especially against the Falcons who are giving up the fifth most points per game to receivers this year. It has the potential to be a shootout. Um, the Falcons' offense has slipped over the last couple of weeks, but I just still think there's too much talent on the offense. They have the potential in a, in a divisional game to kind of make it a shootout. So um, I like Smith. I like that matchup this week. 
Yeah, and if, there, if there's one reason to be worried about being replicable, obviously the uh, Eagles secondary was kind of decimated the last couple of weeks and they really banged up with their cornerbacks. And I mean, it's not like the Falcons defense is healthy either. Sorry, not like the Falcons defense is healthy either. If I can I almost said ether, like I was Nas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in New York, so it's Jay-Z, excuse me. Well, New York State of Mind, Empire, who knows? Anyway, um, they almost got Dion jo- Oh, yeah. See, I tried to segue out of it. It'd be cool. And then I just couldn't. It's all right. I'll just roll I think you're, you're losing your marbles right now. Yeah, they're already gone. But Deion, they almost, the Falcons almost had Deion Jones back last week, and then he ended up not playing. So uh, that was a surprise. So definitely check who's playing on defense for the Falcons between all their injuries at every level of their defense. But the more injuries, I mean, not to be morbid, but the more people that are missing on their defense and the more next man up they have to go, <laughs> obviously the better matchup it is for the Saints because that's definitely what happened last week. But yeah, sorry I lost my marbles there. <laughs> it's all right. You've been traveling. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. But before we move on, let's take a quick break. Thanksgiving. It's a time of giving and getting football whenever you want. Okay, it's not really about getting football whenever you want. But the Yahoo Sports mobile app is. With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you can watch live local and primetime NFL games right on your phone. If you're traveling to visit family for the holiday and you're dying to see the game, no problem. Just download the Yahoo Sports app and start watching. Never miss big NFL matchups or your favorite team in action. The Yahoo Sports app is your ticket to NFL football during Thanksgiving and all season long. All right, DK, let's jump into a little waiver wire lightning round. Uh, You know, we don't know your guys' leagues or teams quite as well as you do, but we have thoughts on guys you should pick up, guys that will be picked up that maybe you shouldn't. Uh, And yeah, we're just (laughs) going to give some thoughts. So let's run through, DK. Who's, Who's the first person on waiver wire you're thinking about this week? First guy on the list, Dontrell Inman of the Colts going up against the Dolphins this week. The Colts offense, obviously, has kind of caught fire of late. Andrew Luck is playing really, really well. Frank Reich has that crew kind of just turning along right now, and, and they're looking like a potential playoff team. He is, in, and I'm talking about Inman now, he's kind of developed into the number two receiver in that offense. They don't really have a def- like an official one, but he played the second most snaps behind T.Y. Hilton last week. He has 17 targets and 14 catches over the last three weeks. And last week, we had six uh, six targets, four catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. He's, uh, you know, obviously, he. it's hard to kind of, pre- like, guess what's going to happen in this Colts pass-catching core, as we've talked about with Eric Ebron and, and Jack Doyle and all that. <laughs> By the way, Eric Ebron only had, what, did he have zero targets last week? Okay, no big deal. <laughs> um but anyways, Inman sneak that in there. <laughs> I did. I've been waiting. No, and then next week he's probably going to have three touchdowns on three uh, targets. So who knows? Um, or two. Yeah. Going. But anyways, Inman. Now you have to remember this guy. He caught fifty-eight passes for eight hundred and ten yards in twenty sixteen for the Chargers. So he's not necessarily just some rando guy like a lot of the, like a lot of receivers in the Colts offense. I think he's got some experience. I actually think he's a good player. It was a little bit surprising to see him not really do much last year. Um, but yeah, so he's a, he's a guy to definitely keep keep an eye on going forward. I think if you have that roster spot, he's worth kind of a pickup, and you know because obviously this passing this offense passes a lot, and Luck is playing really well. So I think he is a potential add for me. I'm in. I like it. I remember Don Shellman from 2016. I remember thinking about adding him every week and not doing it. But I like him on the Colts. <laughs> I like the Colts offense, um, and I do like the Dolphins. I, well, I hate the Dolphins, which is why I like the matchup. Um, the next guy for me, I, I'm, you know what? Sometimes we just have to be a little honest, DK. And what I saw that I do have a rando guy for you because what I saw Gus Edwards 
had more than 100 <laughs> yards on Sunday. Uh, I was really confused. And my first thought was like, is this like a dereliction of duty? Like, am I supposed to know who Gus Edwards is? <laughs> and I was really happy to know that I don't think anyone knew who Gus Edwards is. And if you did, then well, kudos to you. You're, you're, you're better at this. Um, I did know who he was, by the way. I, oh, well, there, well congrats. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was weird. He was impressive. It was strange. And it's hard to separate how much of it was Lamar Jackson and then rolling out a lot of new stuff and uh, the Bengals sucking and having given up 500 yards for three weeks in a row and like the first team to ever do that and not really being able to play defense versus Gus the Bus Edwards. Are we allowed to call him the bus? No, we're not. <laughs> oh, you're a Steelers. <laughs> Sneaky Steelers fan, Craig. Uh, oh, yes. I don't <laughs> I know why we're letting this go. Steelers fan. Who He's wrote the bus. it? Who, who wrote the this bus. in the doc? Who wrote the bus in the doc? This is a nickname that I was... Gus the bus. I read this nickname on a Roto World that they called him Gus the Bus. <laughs> and I was like, this is... You can't do that. Well, anyway, I love Gus the Bus. Uh, um, well, here's the thing. So Alex Collins is weird. Because Alex Collins gets benched a lot for a quote-unquote starting running back. Right. I, don't, I feel like he's gotten benched more than every other starting running back combined because it's always something with him. And I'm yeah. and as Harbaugh said after the game, he gives us that back we probably didn't have earlier in the year, which, oh my God, it's not even a subtweet. That's kind of just a shot. Uh, yeah, Harbaugh might get fired. I think that there's no incentive for him to not just roll with whoever he thinks is going to give him the best chance to win. This was my same thought with Rashad Penny at the beginning of the year, like, I don't buy the option, the idea that like certain coaches have like a certain dedication to certain players because when you're on the hot seat and you really need to win, like the winning is what matters. And if Gus Edwards, Gus the bus is seeing the the running lanes, um, I kind of like, so I think you got to add him. But I also think, again, like the Raiders suck. And if Gus is going to get like 17 carries again, he'll probably have a great game. How about, how about Gus the U-Haul? <laughs> I like that. That's, you that's can haul that name mean. out of here because we're going to call him Gus the bus for the right. We're going to. I hope that's in the pod description. If you're listening to this right now, I hope that Gus the Bus made it into the description. But if not, then Craig edited it out like a weasel. Uh, anyway, DK, who's your next guy? Well, I want to just say for Gus the Bus, uh, I think that I'm, I'm wondering if the reason he played, not necessarily just that Alex Collins keeps getting benched, but like, is he a better option in sort of the read option run game that Lamar Jackson brings to the table? Because like, it's different, like taking a handoff, taking the mesh at the mesh point. Um, just the styles of runs are different. And I'm just wondering if that's maybe why. Uh, that's a really good point, actually. I think that's actually maybe the easiest thing to always forget. That's kind of like when DeMarco Murray went from the Cowboys to the yes, Eagles and he went yes. from just like behind the quarterback to, oh, suddenly you're in the pistol. And, like you can't, it's not the same to just do that. And that's actually yeah. a really good point. So I'm wondering if that might have something to do with it too. And, and that could be, I, you know, I watched, this is this is nerdy as hell, but I actually did watch Gus Edwards in, in the preseason. He was actually pretty impressive. I don't know why I was watching preseason Ravens games, but um, you know he kind of came out of business. nowhere. Yeah, maybe it was just because I was trying to watch Lamar Jackson or something. But yeah, <laughs> he he stood out in the in the preseason, so I think he's you know it's not just like completely. I mean, I think he's potentially legit. So um, going forward, David Moore, the Seahawks. I mean, we've talked about him a few times on here. He's he's we, still this is your baby. He impresses me. I'll tell you. Um, last three weeks. He. This is another area. Going to the air yard stat, he ranks 11th in the in the league among receivers in air yards, um, and that's nearly double the next closest Seahawk player, which is Tyler Lockett. Um, over the last three weeks, he's first in targets on the Seahawks with 19. First in target share, 20. percent He's a bit boomer bust. Clearly, um, last week he had eight targets, four catches, 57 yards. Um, he's had a few opportunities in the red zone that didn't quite. They just didn't quite catch. 
Um, there weren't drops necessarily, but it was just like a really, really tough catch in the end zone. I just think he is, has, again, he's a boom bust player, but he has potential to, to have those big plays, the touchdown plays. Going forward, the one thing I would caution is with, with Baldwin getting a little, Doug Baldwin getting a little bit more healthy, that could kind of eat into the, to Moore's, you know, target share. He's, he's been rising with, with Baldwin kind of not being a big part of the offense. And now Baldwin's kind of getting back. So, the Seahawks passing so much or so few that they don't pass very often. Um, that could be a big, big factor, but I'm still stash. I'm still stashing him on my bench because I just think he's got that big playability. Yeah. Baldwin does look better each week, incrementally healthier, not healthy enough to play yet, or at least not healthy enough to trust. Um, it's still risky, but healthy yeah. enough to take away from more. So who's your next guy? Uh, well, so for, for me, so carry on Johnson got hurt for the lions. Obviously Johnson had a really impressive season so far. He's a sprained knee. So I believe does not require surgery. They don't think, but he's week right. to week. Um, and now it's kind of right back to, well, are the lines like a running team or not? Because it's obviously, you know, a, a running back sometimes, you know, they can't create the blocking, but you know, they can maximize it. And that really can be the difference sometimes. Yeah, and I think Karen yeah. Johnson is really maximizing what the lines can do in a way that a back hasn't before. Another back to LeGarrette Blunt and Zach Zenner. Um, I'm torn because on one hand, those are two fantastic names. I mean, my God, Zach Zenner. That's like, if that was like Madden, I would take him first overall, like the auto drafts. But my gut is kind of saying, oh, and we could talk about Theoretic, who we kind of glance at every week and we're like, yeah, we don't want to talk about Theoretic. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like, look, maybe one of these guys will get a touchdown. Maybe you'll get a goal on Carrot or Garrett Blunt. But I kind of really am having a trouble envisioning like you starting one of these guys with confidence with like maybe a playoff spot in the line or in the playoffs, never mind. Like if, if there's two weeks left. And you need to win to make the playoffs. I cannot imagine throwing Zach Center in your lineup. <laughs> um, so as part this of me is like, oh, it's worth only. it. Yeah. Part of me is like, oh, it's worth it. And part of me is like, you're not going to play him. And maybe I'm wrong. But I, I just, I, I can't yeah. imagine I would trust LeGarrette Blunt getting three goal line carries and getting two touchdowns to be worth it. Don't waste, don't waste your auction dollars on one, either of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. whatever it is, it, there's gotta be someone better i hope please for your sake <laughs> <laughs> for your children uh dk who's next for you next guy who i think is he's kind of intriguing marcel Aitman of the raiders uh he was promoted from the practice it's actually, squad it's, o- it's ottoman <laughs> i don't even i don't even know if you're joking no i don't anymore. i just made that up i actually don't know how to pronounce it. I, I have no idea. um Aitman. i think it's Aitman. but uh he was promoted from the practice squad ahead of this week's game. Uh, played 65 snaps out of 68, um, which was more than any other receiver on the team. He caught four out of five targets for 50 yards. Um, Seventh-round rookie. I, I, <clears throat> this is kind of one of those things where it's just volume-based. There's nobody else in that passing offense anymore. Jordy Hurt, Martavis, and LaFell are both gone. Uh, LaFell tore his uh, Achilles, and so he's gone. And so there's just like basically no one else to play. It, it, it comes down to this guy who they just signed off the practice squad <clears throat> might be one of their starters going forward. Um, obviously, the Raiders have had a lot of problems on offense and just in general. And they're going up against the Ravens, who are a really good defense. So maybe don't start him this week. But I do think at this point, it's worth a speculative ad just to kind of see, you know, if you were relying on one of those guys like Martavis, Jordy, or LaFell. He is a potential replacement. So I think he's an interesting player to watch going forward. I would not play him this week, but um, yeah, I would, I would go ahead and kind of add him if you have a roster spot at the very end of your roster. 
I like that a lot. I like hunger guys and I I just like hunger guys and bad teams. If I can be a football guy for a second. <laughs> Love seventh round rookies at OK State. Um last one for me, just John M. Smith from the Titans. You know, obviously we've talked mm-hmm. at length about how tight end is a barren post apocalyptic wasteland this season. And John o. Smith is actually now three weeks in a row that, you know, it he's just had three good weeks in a row and he seems to actually be getting targets. So I think if Mariota were healthy, Mariota, if Mariota were healthy, that it would actually be a pretty like solid option for like, oh, you can pick him up if you have either someone on by or if you have Kelsey or whatever, or if you just need someone because your tight end sucks. But now Mariota's hurt again. Uh, Mike Vrabel <laughs> called it a stinger uh, that he didn't re-injure his elbow. But I'm just kind of like, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I just know that like, I don't know if you have like elbow injuries and now you got like stingers. And I don't know. It's not good. It, 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 I feel like Mariota had just put everything together and now we can't trust the Titans again. But if Mariota actually is okay, then I think Smith is a good option. I'm top eight. I don't even know. I mean, there's no good tight ends this year. Yeah. He's second on the so, team in targets over the last three games. Uh, 12, the, 12 targets over that time. What were you going to say? No, I was just sorry. I interrupted you, but I was going to say the theme of tight ends this week is you could, uh, this year is you could do worse. <laughs> and that's Johnny Smith for yeah. this week. Because the Texans, it's just, I just think that Mario's playing well. So hopefully. His arm doesn't fall off. This this just kind of reminds me of what we're going to talk about at some point over the next whatever. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it during the offseason, but how there should not be a tight end position in fantasy football. I, I, I firmly believe. You know why? It's it's the simple thing. Like, teams aren't <laughs> doing it anymore. Like, like, just you shouldn't be forced to play a tight end because teams aren't playing tight ends. Ugh. Anyway. Zach Ertz is not a tight end. It's just the name next to him. He doesn't play tight end. Anyway. Hey, you're preaching, preaching to the choir here. Yeah. As in the words of Michael Kendricks, Zach Ertz does not want the smoke. Uh, anyway, let's move on, DK. <laughs> How did you just quote Michael Kendricks? I didn't even have never heard of that. Uh, really? That was on. That was the episode of Hard Knocks that aired twelve ah. hours before he was arrested. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Literally, he was on Hard Knocks, literally doing insider information on Hard Knocks the night before oh, he was arrested. High Fitz is he averaging like giving away inside information. He's averaging like one Michael Kendricks reference a show. <laughs> I love my. <laughs> oh man, that was just the. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let's just go real quick. We're gonna talk about some juicy upcoming schedules. Um, I don't think of them as juicy. I don't know why you guys think of them as juicy, but obviously it's crunch time. And but you don't you like the, you don't sh- like the word choice. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But <laughs> juicy. It's fine. It's juicy. I yeah, think sure. juicy. It's perfect. Uh, juicy. It's okay. Um. But yeah, whether it's you are fighting for a playoff spot and you want to go 2-0 and or you're trying to get a first-round bye, which obviously like basically doubles your chances of making it to the, or winning the, your championship, uh, it's really important that you, know, you want to finish strong and just get the best playoff positioning possible. So we're going to c- try to focus on guys that have great schedules for the next couple of weeks or extending into the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of interested. You, uh, DK, you and Craig really compiled this list and kind of want you guys to sell me on some of these things. So I'm actually pretty excited right now. So all like, credit it's like Shark Tank. First of all, all credit to Craig who did the yeoman's work on this. I'll just start this out with if you've got a player on your fantasy team who is playing the Bengals over the next three to five or six weeks, that is awesome because right now the Bengals are giving up the first most points to quarterbacks in the league, uh, third most points to running backs, seventh most, seventh most points to receivers and third most points to tight ends. So be confident 
if you're playing the Bengals, if you got one of your guys going against the Bengals, that is a, a really attractive uh, matchup and potential for big numbers. So um, I think that's just like getting us started. And then we'll kind of go through each position um, in, in terms of like what guys have like the most, you know, the the quote juiciest upcoming schedules. So I just want to quickly reiterate on the Bengals. I know I said this earlier in the show. I just feel the need to say it one more time. They're the first team that ever gave up 500 yards of offense three weeks in a row. <laughs> and then a rookie quarterback came in in his first career start at quarterback, ran the ball more than he passed the ball at quarterback, and they got 400 yards. I think they got like, didn't they get like 450 or something like that? They, yeah. They, yeah, they, they almost got 500. <laughs> That's I don't know. incredible. Yeah. But anyway, so, sorry, keep going. So anyways, let's start out with quarterback. Craig, and you can jump in at any point here, but... Um, we got we went on Fantasy Pros, great website, uh, and they had um, they have like the rankings listed for each team in terms of which team has the lightest schedule going forward. For quarterbacks, the Ravens. So that's where Lamar Miller or sorry Lamar Jackson really kind of is a interesting fantasy uh, quarterback going down the line, especially if you're in a two quarterback league, and because he can run. But the Ravens' schedule over the next five weeks are just a murderer's row of terrible defense. You get the Raiders. The Falcons, the Chiefs, who the Chiefs in their defense have actually improved, I think, over the last few weeks. Um, their pass rush is kind of picking up, so they're not quite as much of a, a home run uh, defense anymore. But then going forward after that, the Buccaneers and then the Chargers, they end up with the Chargers who are pretty good. But right now, the Ravens look like the the best option for fantasy quarterbacks going forward. The Cowboys are second. They get the Redskins, Saints, Eagles, Colts, and Bucks. The Browns are third. Bengals, Texans, Panthers, Broncos, Bengals. Ooh, the Browns get two Bengals matchups going forward. So uh, if you've got Baker Mayfield, that is a great, great matchup. So yeah, Baker's fantastic because I mean, obviously, I've been I like Baker. Is, they're playing the Bengals this week, so that's obviously amazing. But then it would also be fantasy championship time if your quarterback is like a exactly. really tough matchup for Week 16. If you have a guy who's going to be, you know, let's say you have like a Ben Roethlisberger or a Philip Rivers or something like that, and they're going to be going up against the Bears in like a week 15 or 16, yep. you can come back to this and grab guys like Dak Prescott, Baker Mayfield, who are playing, you know, Bengals and Bucks and Falcons and stuff in your week 15, 16 range. And I think that's a good point, Craig, because I, I think, you know, we're kind of talking about it in a, a more vague general sense, but I think the way to really go about this exercise is to like look at your team and to look at who's an obvious start for you, but then mm-hmm. look at, oh my God, like, uh, yeah, I don't want to. My quarterback's going against the Bears in Week 15. Like, I'm not going to play them. Exactly. And then that's where you can start looking. And I mean, I, I know that's like obvious, but just those little things and making those roster ads like two weeks ahead, or if you're doing it this week or the week ahead, or you're looking even just one week ahead and you're looking at Week 13, and it really can make the difference because that's someone you're adding that maybe your opponent isn't. And just a little bit of game theory actually can really help you out. Yeah, exactly. It's the same for your opponent if you know who you're going to play in the first round of the playoffs and you know that they're screwed. Oh, they need a quarterback. Even just picking up the best quarterback on the board can really help you. Definitely. There's two others, actually, to add to the list. Third, uh, the fourth and fifth ranked ones. Um, Denver is fourth. They get the Steelers, Bengals, 49ers, Browns, and Raiders. So Bengals, 49ers, and Raiders in three of the last four weeks. So Case Keenum kind of becomes a little bit more interesting down the stretch if you're, if you're desperate for quarterbacks. If you're in a two-quarterback league, especially, he's an option over some guys who might have a lot tougher schedules. And then... Fifth ranked are the ranked are the Buccaneers. Um, down the stretch, they've got the 49ers, Panthers, Saints, Ravens, and Cowboys. So Jameis Winston again, going back to Winston. Or if you want to hold on to Fitzmagic, because they're bound to probably bench Winston at some point again before the year's over. So 
That's the quarterback position. Let's move on. Craig, do you want to do running back real quick? Sure. So the running back, the uh, top five teams going up the easiest schedule for from a running back perspective are the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Browns, and the Chargers. So with guys like Melvin Gordon and Nick Chubb, you're going to start them no matter what, David Johnson. But the Ravens, this becomes interesting because, one, they're a whole new T- different team now from a running perspective. and Gus, of the bus? And Gus, the U-Haul Edwards is now <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> so he might immediately vault into an RB2 on your team for the remainder of the season because of their, their cake schedule. Man, I'm excited about I'm excited about Chubb down the stretch. Bengals, Texans, Panthers, Broncos, and Bengals again. Mm-hmm. I think Chubb's a top five running back. Chubb is like a potential league winner. And I, I actually, it's really interesting too looking at uh, the Cardinals, they face the Chargers, Packers, Lions, Falcons, and Rams. Going up against the Lions, Falcons, Rams, what is that, weeks uh, 14, 15, and 16? That David Johnson becomes a potential like huge fantasy factor after having a really, really quiet year. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Especially too. in a game that might not matter for the Rams. Oh my gosh, yeah. So if you've got David Johnson, uh, that could be interesting down the stretch. Moving on to the receiver position. Uh, the Panthers come in first with the best uh, opposing schedule down the stretch. They got the Seahawks, Buccaneers, Browns, Saints, and Falcons. Obviously, that is a it's an interesting one right now, just because we still don't really know if we can trust DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel or really Devin Funches, uh, Funches at this point in time, just because they've all kind of rotated on who you know who's getting the most volume. But I think I kind of like DJ Moore going for the most going like. Based on that, like I've watched the Seahawks defense, you know, all year, they struggle against guys with speed. So that's kind of interesting. Obviously, the Buccaneers are giving up millions and millions of yards. Saints off. Saints defense is kind of clamped down a little bit, but then the, in Week 16, they get the Falcons, who can't guard anyone either. So that's really interesting. Uh, going down the ranking, there's Cowboys are second easiest schedule, the Ravens third easiest schedule, Cardinals and Broncos, which. Makes you think Christian Kirk and Cortland Sutton are going to have brighter futures than they've been having, I think. Yeah, exactly. I like Cortland Sutton, and I love Cortland Sutton. And I, I like I have him in the Ringer League. I believed in him a lot after Demarius Thomas, but I also do still believe that despite the a lot of success from rookie receivers this year, I don't necessarily still believe if the Broncos' offense and Case Keenum and Vance Joseph and everything going on there is the best environment for Cortland Sutton to be consistent. And it's not just that I think he's going to have a good week at some point in the stretch. I don't know if you're going to be wanting to count on him. So I, it's it's tough because I love him as a player. And I feel like he his real-life potential is probably stronger than his fantasy stuff this year. So I don't love necessarily the stuff on the Broncos. Um, and same with the Panthers. I see what you're saying. I probably like DJ more for where he's going more than like necessarily Funchess. Although I'm looking at the Saints are really the my takeaway here. You know, everything we said about Traquan Smith earlier. The Falcons this week. And then they get the Bucks in what would be the first round of the playoffs for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a, and then the Steelers in the championship. That is incredible. I'm just looking at the Cowboys. I can't go. We can't go a podcast without talking about Amari Cooper. Um, Cowboys yeah. Second, oh, second, yeah. What second. happened to Amari Cooper, Craig? <laughs> How'd that th- go for you? Was he three Mr. Mustard Amari Cooper. He still played fine. I think you're over under when we he first started fine. this. You said like 32 and a half and you were like, oh, way under. Well, he's done that every game. He's gone over that. What did he get this week? 36, I think. Three for 36. <laughs> I'm just off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's move on to tight end. Get out of uh, here. 
the easiest schedule for tight ends going forward, the Browns, they're going up against the Bengals, Texans, Panthers, Broncos, Bengals. So obviously, David Joku is an enticing guy down the stretch. The Ravens, again, they've got an easy schedule down the stretch. We don't really know exactly how much they're going to be passing, but and also there's just like five different tight ends on that team that could be a fantasy factor. So I don't know if that necessarily tells you much. The Saints get the Falcons, Buc- uh, Cowboy- Cowboys, Buccaneers, Panthers, and Steelers to end the year. I'm serious when I say that, considering the Ravens thing, if you're in like an ESPN league and your trade deadline is like this week, if you believe that Lamar is going to start the rest of the season or like might and like I do, I would sell on those receivers so fast. <laughs> if you believe Flacco might come back, it's worth it. But I, I, if you could sell someone on that schedule, because again, I just don't think they're going to be passing on these guys. Yeah, like if John Brown catches a 60-yard touchdown next week, sell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I sure. agree. Because it's just, it's going to be too random. Sorry, but I interrupted. No, I was just going to say, the, the one interesting team on here, the fourth easiest schedule going forward is the Broncos. Medium-sized Jeff. Yes, Jeff Heerman, who... Dropped a, a pass this week. He you didn't have that? a big game. He didn't have a big game. I I want to say... I'm just... Uh, now I'm just going off the top of my head, but I think he was maybe second on the team in targets. Well, so still. Heerman, like he, so the announcer called him Hireman, and I felt really dumb. Oh, Hireman. Made a lot of, that made a lot of <laughs> sense. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that's okay. Hi- Hireman, that, that works. But then he dropped a pass on like third down, and I was like, "Oh well, it's fine. He doesn't inside." Well, no, everyone gets deserves to get the name said right because I understand that. Um, and then moving forward to defense, because for a lot of people that this was is the this big podcast, one. a lot of people probably stream defenses. I know I do. Um, so going forward, the easiest schedules for team defenses: Patriots are number one. They got the Jets, Vikings, Dolphins, Steelers, and Bills. Obviously, there's a few good teams in there, so you might have to stream. Within the stream, but I would, I mean, I I would one hundred percent go into the fantasy playoffs with two defenses. Yeah, and you yeah. are trying to pick two that overlap. That's really my wanna, goal. Yeah, I don't know if you want to take the Patriots or like go in against the Vikings or the Steelers, but certainly against the Jets, certainly against the Bills. You could grab the Patriots and the Bills because they alternate weeks. You know, like in the Ooh. last week, the Patriots play the Bills, so you could start them. And then the week before that, when the Patriots are playing the Steelers, the Bills are playing the Lions, and you could almost just alternate back and forth between them <laughs> all the way to the fantasy championship. That's no, I, I think that's exact. So, for example, in Yahoo right now, this is a good example. Um, yeah, like the Vikings defense actually got cut in um, one league I'm in because I mean the Vikings, the upcoming schedule is brutal because they got the Packers and the Patriots in the next two weeks, and I mean that's an extreme example. But then, you know, they're playing like the Dolphins in Week 15 and the Detroit in Week 16, and that's exactly the kind of thing where it's like you can mix and match. Like the Bears are an example of a defense where. Well, you're probably going to want to fill in for them when they play the Rams in week 14 and the Packers in week 15 of like, you know, that's playoff time. That's hard. But then they play the, the Niners in week 16. So if you, you mixing and matching there is I would definitely not try to ride one defense in the playoffs. Here's a sleeper. The Colts, who I'm really starting to like this Colts defense a lot. Like they just have been really impressive, despite the fact they have like no names on their team. Uh Darius, they, yeah, okay, fine. Well, yeah, he's good. The rookie just, Darius Leonard. The, the, the second round linebacker out of South Carolina State is not exactly a house of fans, <laughs> so fair. He's, he, I mean, in his defense, yeah, he's probably going to be. He might win defensive rookie of the year. We're talking about Darius Leonard here. But the Colts down the stretch face the Dolphins, Jags, Texans, and Cowboys, and Giants. So obviously, I guess the Texans, their offense has potential, clearly. The Giants, you know. I guess sometimes they can be pretty good, but that's that's not that's that's an interesting like final five weeks for the Colts events too. I I like that Colts events. Yeah, the Colts are surprisingly good in every phase of the game, and yeah, I, w- I would just 
I, I, I love the Patriots in week 16 against the Bills. That is like a... That, yeah. That's like the potential That's, for like 15 or 20 points and like win you your championship. Yeah, because it, it's... Yeah. <laughs> That's like the pick six that wins you your league. Um, oh, I really... Man. I would target that. Uh, I love I love that one a lot. Great list, Absolutely. Craig. Great list. Yeah, thanks for putting that together, Craig. Thank you, of course. Wait, 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 guys. Wait, wait, wait. We forgot. What about the kicker matchup? Oh, I don't even play kickers in my league because we're just <laughs> light years no, ahead. Do you know I, I I will not ever pretend to know anything about kickers that anyone else doesn't know and can't kind of figure out. Like the only thought I had was that you know I don't want Jake Elliott, for example, because like the Eagles might pass and forth or like go for and forth down. I have no one has any idea. Here's the advice I will give: <laughs> if you have like clinched a playoff spot, or if you can't change your playoff fate, like you're locked into a buy or you're locked in the playoffs, but you can't get a buy. I'd actually recommend dropping your kicker and holding on to an extra player for the extra week. That that's my, that's my real kicker advice. That's what I do when I draft. I don't, when we did have kickers, I used to not draft a kicker and have an extra player and then wait until the night before week one. And then I would add a kicker. Oh, yeah, wow, your, think, your league lets you do that, huh? That's sweet. Also, shouts out to the people out there who draft like Steven Goskowski in round 12. Those people are great. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> next year when we do the Danny Football League and we're going to have Danny Chow in the Danny Football League, uh, well, there's five Dannys at the ringer now, so we're actually going to have to be pretty selective because obviously we only want four teams in the Danny <laughs> Football League. But Danny Chow drafts a Justin Tucker in the seventh round every year. <laughs> it's just horrible. Every, like clockwork. Oh, man. So, well, on that note, yeah, take take us out, Danny. Uh, I'm just trying to think about what pizza I would want Thanksgiving because turkey is like what kind of oven do you use? Well, you could either put it, you could either just I don't know what you put it at, like 350 or whatever, or you can put. You it don't on the know grill. what you put it at. Uh, I mean, I'm one of those people that just kind of goes like just guesses with with the whole baking <laughs> thing. Okay, um, just I fifty. I put it on the grill too. You just put it on a uh, piece grill of the, uh, oh, that's put it on a piece of aluminum foil or whatever, and put it on the grill. It's good. I will say the idea of gravy on pizza is a little enticing. <laughs> Do you put gravy on the pizza? <laughs> I have not, but maybe I will. Do you put I, mashed I'm, potatoes on. I'm a full on traditionalist mostly when it comes to pizza. I like you know spicy salami or pepperoni, and then you know just oh yeah, uh, traditionalist, traditionalist. We you know eat pizza on Thanksgiving like a traditionalist. <laughs> uh, On that note, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everyone listening. um, Definitely have a wonderful pizza on Thursday, Danny. Uh, (laughs) We will see you guys next week. Happy holidays. Cavo Control Center is the first truly universal TV remote control for your entire home theater. Connect up to four devices and centralize all your content in one place so you can easily find what you want when you want it. It's simple to set up and shipping is free. Shop now at Cavo.com and use promo code NFL for 20% off. That is Cavo.com, C-A-A-V-O.com, promo code NFL for 20% off.